Our Father God, we thank you. Uh, God, we know that we don't have to pray. Uh, God, we know that, that we get to pray. You, you're welcoming us into um, the, the, the inner courts, the inner chamber, so we can uh, lay our, our, our cares, our anxieties at your feet. Uh, God, we ask today as, as we talk about prayer um, that we can just uh, get a better understanding of, of uh, what it is and really the need for it and the, um, just the, the great honor in which we can, uh, uh, that we have to do it. So God, we ask as we do all this that, that you just talk to our hearts. Uh, God, I know that there's people here that are dealing with stuff. Um, good stuff, bad stuff, in-between stuff, some stuff that we don't even know how to deal with. We just ask that um, during all this that, that we can just uh, not put it aside as if it's not important. I'm not at all, but I know that through learning how to deal with it better, uh, uh, and that's going to be dealing with it better through prayer. Uh, God, I ask that we can just do that. So just... Uh, let us lay aside whatever's going on the rest of the day and just let us just tune into what it is that you have to say and uh, let your spirit move through us. pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. Um, if you're taking notes and want to uh, say, well, I need a, I need a, a title for my, my, my sermon notes here. It's all, all the, the title is Let's Talk Prayer. Because that's all I want to do today is just talk about prayer. Uh, I don't have a, a huge <clears throat> agenda. Uh, my, my agenda is just what I said. I, I just want, uh, well, I want you to be provoked to pray more. Uh, because prayer is, is something that uh, um, is the, I'll go out and say this, is the most powerful thing that you can ever do. It, it, it is. It, and, and what happens is we have this powerful weapon, and I'll use these terms, we have this powerful weapon, um, but we, uh, we fail to, to use it because people say, well, I, I don't know how. Uh, I don't know what to say. Everybody saw that video, right? If you saw it last week, you saw it this week. I, I love that interaction. I don't really love it, but it's really indicative of, of a lot of people um, that uh, when she says, well, I don't even know how to get to heaven. Or, 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 well, he says, well, I am a Christian. But I really don't know how to pray. I don't know, what, I don't know if I, I don't have the right training. I don't, I don't know the, the, all the, the theology that I need. Well, I, no one in here is going to say, yep, that's me, out loud. But you think it, because you, you talk to people. I, I know you talk to people. Y'all, most, of, most of y'all are Gabby's. Gabby, Gabby Kathy, or is it Chatty? Chatty Kathy, Gabby, whatever, Gabby Gabrielle, uh, or is it Gabby Gabe? Um, <laughs> it, it, spend five minutes with, with the boy, you, you know that. But, but we know, you talk with people, and people, they tell you things. But if we were to take a survey, and I, I don't want you to, to incriminate yourself here, but if, you, if we were to take a survey, how many times do you stop and pray for that situation when people are telling you what's going on in their lives? And, and I say that, and, and here, here's something I want to, to, to throw out there. Is I don't want anybody to feel shamed into doing anything today. My, my goal is not to make you feel bad about your lack of prayer. My goal is not to make you feel guilty that, 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 you, know, that you should be doing this and you're not. or None of that. My, my goal here is to identify maybe there's an area that's in your life that you need to grow in in prayer. And he, he, we'll, we'll, get some, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some practical things of why that is and, and how to do that and all, uh, all the sorts. And that's what we're going to do for the next four weeks. So, are we ready? Yes. You're already praying, just, just pray, pray that this guy shuts up, right? You don't have to lie, we're in church, right? We can be honest. If we're not going to be honest anywhere else, we can be honest here. Uh, I've already been, what's that? You don't like this? Yes, dear. Can you, can you turn these uh, other lights on here, Mike? 
for me? The, yeah. Turn those up so I, well, I moved up because I couldn't see. Okay. Oh, I can see now. Is that better? That's way better. All right. <laughs> w- would you like to, you want to drink of my coffee? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, now that Bobby is comfortable, uh, we have started off, like, like uh, Kurt said, uh, the past, uh, this is year three, in that we have started off, oh, wait a second, I, I, you totally sidetracked me because we were talking about being honest, right? I, I was confronted twice this morning by, I think, our, 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 our resident legal, our legalist, which I, I, I love him to death, and I won't say his name because he gets uh, embarrassed really easy, um, but he has light-up shoes and he knows who he is. Um, Shorlin! Uh, he... he <laughs> He has already, no, no, this is good. He has already said there's no bullying in the hallway because I picked up my wife and I was running down the hallway with my wife. Uh, Angela said it was like caveman style. We like to have fun. I mean, and don't go any further than that. It's just, whatever, it's, it's fun, it's real. We're in church. You're not supposed to do that stuff in church. I've heard you yell at the kids for running in the hallway. Yeah, but I'm not a kid. I get to make the rules. Um, and that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. I said, buddy, you're right. Well, then I walked in the sanctuary and I had a protein bar because uh, I felt like you know, blood sugar was getting low and everything. I, and I walk in, I'm walking up here, and he looks at me, he's like, No food in the sanctuary. <laughs> he's right. He's right. I, I'm not going to fall. I, 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 you're absolutely So I turned around and went back out. And I shoved it all in my mouth, and then I <laughs> come walking back in. But no, it's, it's right. So we, we have to be comfortable, and no one, is, no one is above the law. I don't care if you're Steven Seagal or not. Who remembers that corny movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was, but it was during the WWF time, so it was real and all that good stuff, right? So we need to be real. We need to be real with ourselves, and we need to understand that uh, prayer is something that has to be a real part of our life. So we've started. The past three years, we've started the year out with a focus on prayer. Um, That that focus has changed. Uh, I I shouldn't say it's changed. It's always been prayer. But the the approach to how we uh, approach each series has changed a little bit. And so this year, what I want to do is I just want to talk to you about a few things. um, Because I, I believe, and I do believe this, that this is a time of year where we have this... Uh, let's say a renewed spirit among us, like I, I, I want to go to church more, I want to read my Bible more, I want to pray more, I want to um, serve more, I want whatever. And that, that, that's, that's fine, that, 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 that's great. I, I just hope it's not a New Year's resolution, because we know what happens to New Year's resolutions, right? Boom! They hit, they hit rock bottom like in February, and then no one wants to leave their house because they feel so bad about themselves. Just as long as we're not going to go that route. But what we have to understand is, I love the renewed spirit, and I think this is a time we need to help capture the renewed spirit of prayer. Because prayer is the breath of a Christian. Prayer is not something that we must do, like God is waiting, you must pray. It's something that we get to do, but when we do it properly, it revitalizes us. And we're going to look at why it does that. And how that motivation uh, should be. So if you're with me in uh, Matthew chapter 6, because here's the deal. I, I, would, I would ask this, I mean, in, if, if we were honest, how many would honestly say or would honestly admit to your prayer life being sluggish or lazy or apathetic or even a little bit self-centered, Right? 
I think that what we need is re, we need to, a, a reinvigoration of what it means to pray, what, what prayer is. Because I, I fully believe that, the, and I think I said this last year, that prayer is that intimate, intentional interaction. So it's intimate and it's intentional. It's an intimate inter- interaction, intentional interaction of the soul with God. Prayer is not just, I have here, it's not just contemplation, it's not just meditation. It's direct address to the Father. Now, is contemplation and meditation bad things? No, we're told to meditate upon God's Word. That is a good thing. We're told to to contemplate, to think about, to let let the the Word of God wash over us, to let the truth of God just uh, uh, um, guide our hearts, our souls, right? So contemplation and meditation, they're not bad, but they're not prayer. And the reason I want to stress this is because what we have a tendency of doing is saying, I pray all the time. I'm always talking to God, you know, in my head. I'm always, yeah, but if, if that is, pause, you can pray silently. We'll talk in a second. So don't go there and hear or miss everything else I'm saying. But if, if you're saying, well, I, I pray all the time, I, I'm, I'm t- totally thinking and constantly thinking about God, and that's my prayer and everything. Yeah, but when a pretty, a pretty lady walks by, you're, you have a tendency to go, and your mind goes where it shouldn't be. Or a cheeseburger goes by, and you're like, Whoop, wait a second, I'm hungry. And you're thinking about that cheeseburger, and then you're starting to, are you praying to the cheeseburger then? Uh, you see what I'm saying? So, so it's not just thinking about God. Should we think about God? Absolutely. Should we meditate upon His truths? Absolutely. But prayer is that direct addressing, that intentional intimate interaction of the soul to God. Some of you are sitting here now. I can see it on your faces. You're like, well, crap. I don't pray very often. I, I, here, again, I'm not here to, to, to shame you. I'm here to let's make, let's make this known. If, if, if you don't know something to be true and somebody reveals the truth to you, don't look at them a, a, as like, I hate you now. Look at them like, oh, I'm glad you love me enough to say that. The truth will set you free. Thank you from the, from the mouth of the babes. That was my sister. She's a baby. Oh, not physically. Just uh, we, we call her a baby. Um, yeah, whatever. Like you didn't know that. Keep it real. Keep it real. Big baby. Well, you know, you all are thinking like, you know, why is he calling her a baby? Have you, have you not over the last few weeks heard with the, some of the, the comments that she's been saying to me? I'm just getting back at her. Not right, though. We'll talk about it. It gives me something to pray about, right? All right. My, my dad is something else. We, we're not even going to bring him into this. So <laughs> we're not talking about my earthly father. We're going to talk about our heavenly father, right? Good save. Good save. So prayer is an intimate, intentional interaction with God. It's directly addressing him. Now, prayer is, is also that fellowship with God. It's that commune. It's that spending time with him. Now, prayer is not to get what you want, although he tells us to ask for what we need. But too often what happens is we, we pray, God, I, 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 I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. Well, the Bible says he already knows what you need, so just telling him that you need something that's not on his, your needs list, just because you think you need it doesn't mean that he thinks you need it. And just because he says no doesn't mean he's not answering your prayer. Uh, that's a lot of times that what, what happens is we, we think, well, God's not answering me. Well, God answers prayers with yes, no, and later. 
right? Yes, no, and later. And I think that a good example of that is, so Gabe asks a lot of questions to me. Anybody been around and heard something? He asked some really good questions, some really bad questions. So if he comes up to me and says, Daddy, can I have a ham sandwich? Yes, you can have a ham sandwich. If he comes up to me and says, Daddy, can I go swimming? Well, later, because it's kind of cold outside and we don't have nowhere to swim. I'm not saying, no, you can't, but later. Daddy, can I have a Mountain Dew right before bed? No. <laughs> right? Right? Or, or never, absolutely. He, don't give the kid that sugar. He doesn't, he doesn't need that. But, but what happens is we have a tend to, tendency to think that just because we pray something, that God must give us what it is we're praying for. No, the Bible's very clear that if we pray according to God's will, to, and, and we pray in Jesus' name, that doesn't mean that we finish every prayer with Jesus' name. That, that, that's a good thing. We get, that's a good practice. But that's not just saying that we say, um, God, uh, give me, uh, you said that if I ask, uh, you know, the, if I have this red car, um, you'll give it to me in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I said Jesus' name, and I asked him, so he's going to give it to me. It doesn't, doesn't work. That's not what it means to ask in Jesus' name. That's not, not what it means to ask according to his will. It's what, what is God's will in, the, in, in, in your life? What is God's will in um, his plan? Uh, I, I think that, that, that that's where, where people are like, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. Well, let's do this. Let's then focus, let's focus then on prayer as being um, drawing close to the Father. If we look at prayer as drawing close to the Father, we will learn and we will know the Father's will. Because what, what happens is we have so much distance between us and the Father that we want to, and I think, and I've said that to, to, to you guys before, I really believe that you, you want to do what's pleasing to God, but the problem is that you don't know what's pleasing to God in some areas because you're not close to God in some areas. So if we want to, to know what, what, what the will of, uh, of the Father is and what God wants us to do, just spend some time with Him. If I were to distance myself from my dad and in 15 years go back to him, and I know he has a smile, it's all right. He, he, he's a liar, though, we know. He, he can't go that long without me. But if I were to distance myself from my dad for, say, 10 years, and then I was to, were to, to come up to him and say, hey, Dad, let's do what you want to do and, and try to like, do his will and what he wants to do. I would have probably at that point no idea of what's going on in his life, not knowing how to interact with him. Although my intention is to spend time with him and, and, and to, to uh, be a part of, of what it is he, he's wanting to do, I wouldn't know that because I haven't, I haven't spent time with him. I mean, that's a... a, 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 a large distance from our, our intimacy with, 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 with the Father, our Heavenly Father. But I think it brings into perspective the need of why we need to spend time with, with God in prayer. God speaks to us. Oh, wait a second. I haven't heard no audible voices. I, I don't want to say... I, I have never heard an audible voice from God either. Not saying He doesn't do that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard that. But I know that there's been times I've been in, in prayer and I've been reading His Scripture and he, I, can just, I can hear Him. I can hear Him in my soul. He speaks to me. Most times it's like, hey, dummy, quit. Or don't do that. Or stop it! Right? Something like that. Or there's a confirm. Like, hey, don't do, don't do that. Hey, here's one that I'll, I'll share with you. 
Um, this is something that, that, that Shannon and I have been, been praying about, and, and Kurt and I have been meeting and praying about as well, um, is that, that I, I have a desire to, to further my education and to, to start um, uh, you know, my, my doctoral program and process and all that, that stuff. And I have that desire, but I, I've laid that before the Lord. And I'm like, God, is that, when do you want me to do that? It, it, do I do that now? Or, or, or what, what, it, what, what is it? He did not give me a date on a calendar. To this day, he has not given me a date on the calendar. But what he has done through time and prayer and fellowship with him and with, uh, w- w- with people around me is he's given me a piece of, uh, of knowing not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm okay with that because he answered. And that's sometimes, it, maybe it's, not, it's, it's nothing like that. Maybe you have a, a more dire need in your mind and God's not answering it like you want to. Maybe he's saying not yet. Or maybe he's saying no. God's answer is not always yes. And if, it, if God's answer was yes to everything, who's seen Bruce Almighty? <laughs> right? Everybody won the lottery and they got like $14. So, I, I mean, if God's answer was yes to everything, it, it, would, it would negate really his love because he loves us enough to tell us no. I love my son enough to tell him, no, do not play in the middle of 183. I, I, I love, sometimes it's hard for us to hear the no, but if we're praying, and this is where we're getting back into prayer here, if we're, if we're praying with the right motivation and our, our, our perspective is right and we're focusing on God, then we'll be able to receive the yes, no, and laters. So I know you're already there and you're like, okay, shut up and get into the Bible. Well, we are going to get into the Bible. And that passage that, uh, that Kurt read to us, in that passage, as we're talking about prayers, I see preparations and precautions in there for prayers, but not only prayers, but just for motivations, period. Because I, I, I love in, in Matthew chapter 6, before um, Jesus gives us what we have termed the Lord's Prayer, He talks about some, some uh, people and he calls them hypocrites. Now, when he talks about these hypocrites, now, now think about what, what Jesus is saying here is that term is, is used, um, for, it would be the same term that they would use for like an actor or an actress. So one who is acting a part in which they are not. Right? right? So, so the, when he's saying you hypocrites, he's saying you're acting or trying to act in a role or position or in some kind of status in which you do not have. So quit acting it. Quit, quit acting like you're righteous when you're not. He says here, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be, may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What does that have to do with prayer? Well, I think a few things that we can observe in this first paragraph, or the first couple paragraphs, is he's talking about these hypocrites, but he's talking about reward. He's talking about your Father in heaven here. So when he says, your Father, notice he's 
talking to, um, uh, I, I would believe, he, he's talking to believers here because he's identifying, hey, church, you, people who believe in God, who, who are saying that you, that, that, the, the, the God in heaven, Yahweh Elohim, he is, he's your father, he's, he's our father. He's referring to, to these people, and he's saying, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't, don't, when, when you give, he doesn't say if you, but he says when you give, right? When you practice this righteousness, don't do it in order to be seen. He doesn't say not to do it. Now, what am I getting at here? He's not saying that we should not give to the needy. We should not practice righteousness. We should not do all this. What he's saying here is, what he is saying here is, don't do it with the intent to be seen doing it. He's saying, check the motivation of your heart. He, he's saying that if you do it to be seen doing it, and then people see you do it and say, boy," pat on the back, if that's what you're looking for, you've received your reward. And, and, and I love this because it doesn't say you won't receive, it, receive a reward. It says you have received your reward. If your motivation is to say, hey, look what I'm doing. Hey, look how good I am. Look at, 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 at how, how much I practice righteousness. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And people are like, oh, wow, that's really good. Well, here's the deal. You may get the praise of men, but you will not get the praise of God. Well, what does that mean? It means that you'll get your pat on the back here, but when you get to heaven, don't, don't expect God to say, wow, look what you did. No, he'll say, hey, now you already received that reward. I ain't got no, no reward for that. What, what he wants us to do is he wants us to check, check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, right? Because if we are motivated by who sees us do what we do, and he starts out with this motivation of physical, hey, practice and righteousness given to the needy and, and, and the such, if he says that if he's using this as the, 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 the startup here, Something that's, that's, that's physical here, he's preempting us to, to understand that when we pray now, we're not going to want to do the same things. We want to make sure that our motivations that we have for giving and practicing righteousness are purely motivated, because if they're not purely motivated, when you pray, all you can do is be talking to the ceiling. If, if we're looking at, you know, look at how, so Dan's going to pray in a little bit. If Dan comes up here, I don't know Dan's heart. I do. I have a pretty good understanding of, of, of his motivation. If not, I wouldn't let him come up here and pray. But if Dan came up here and he's like, wow, I'm going to wow these people. I'm going to pray for 47 minutes. When he opens his eyes, everybody will be gone. But if he comes up here to wow the people with his big words, and as we're going to see here with his empty words or many words or, or whatever, if that, his intention is to come up here and pray like that, his motives are wrong. And, and Jesus says this here. He, look, at, look what he says. When you pray, I love that, not if you, but when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. There it is again, those actors acting something they're not. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. Oh, wait a second. He just said that about the people up here. It's like it's tied together. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the, as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now that does not mean 
that you can't use many words when you pray. But if you're using, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. And you say that every night, every night, every night, every night. Those become empty words. It's just like, a, it's kind of more of a mantra. And you feel good about, oh, well, whew, I got that out of the way. So boogeyman's not going to get me tonight. Is it good to, to have formulation or structure in prayer? Yes. Does it mean that you have to go on and try to run marathons with Dan when he prays? No. Does it mean Dan is wrong when he prays long? No. Does it mean you're wrong when you pray long? Not if they're not empty words. If your words have meaning, because I, I know that I've, been, I've spent time in prayer where, where you look at the clock, you're like, crap, where did all that time go? But there have been times where I feel like I poured my heart out and I look at my watch, it's been two and a half minutes. I think that what we have to understand here is that we need to, as we, as we enter into this time with the Father, as we enter into prayer, this intentional, intentional, intimate interaction with God, when we enter into that, He wants, to, uh, uh, he wants us to, to unload our hearts. Absolutely. But if we unload our hearts and we only have an S10 pickup truck... Ben, Ben has an S10 pickup truck, right? <laughs> if we only have an S10 pickup truck and we unload that, it's probably not going to take as long if you have a semi-truck and we're unloading that. Sometimes you feel like you're driving around in, in an S10. Sometimes you feel like you're driving around in a big old semi-truck, weighted down with a bunch of stuff in it, right? Well, okay. W- whatever you are using or whatever, whatever vehicle, let's use that, whatever vehicle you're in that is bearing that load, pray that load. When it's unloaded, amen. If you continue on thinking that you put a couple extra rub-a-dub-dubs and abadabas and halakazams or whatever, or our fathers or whatever on the end, like as if you can put a whole bunch of extra words like it helps, then that's, that is the empty words. That, that, those are the empty words in which he's talking about here. But if you're praying your heart and, and, and you get to that point where, okay, I've prayed my heart, and you feel like, man, I ain't got nothing else to pray. Okay, you're done then. Say amen. But sometimes, I know this happened to me, and I would say that, that, that there's others that I've prayed with that this happened to, that you pray your heart and then God keeps adding things. It's like you have an endless dump bed on your, your pickup truck, right? You're dumping the load and dumping the load, and it doesn't seem like it's ever ending. Because now that your load is dumped, he, he's putting the, the load of others, helping uh, to, to bear one another's burdens. I've read that somewhere, right? They were to help bear one another's burdens. So you, you feel that your, your dump bed just continually, your, your load just dumping and dumping and dumping and dumping. Well, well they're, they're, not my, they're not mine, God. I don't know what to do with them. You just continue praying. And when, when, when it's empty, you say Amen. Don't think that you have to, I've got to pray for, and I know that in good, with good intentions, people will say, I want to pray, and I've said this, I'm guilty of this, I know this, I've said this from here, you need to you know, pray longer, pray more, okay, but if you only got five minutes of prayer, you only got five minutes of prayer. Here's the deal though, I've talked to a lot of people, I know you guys, you have more than five minutes of burden on you. Sometimes what you just need to do is you need to, to, to back the truck up to the burden pile and start dumping it. And as you dump it, I mean, something might get stuck in there. You just got you to you work at it a little bit. 
I hope that you have the, the imagery in your head that I have. I have a, an image of, of, a, of a dump bed on a, a dump truck going up. And when that dump bed goes up, you want it all to go come out the end. But sometimes, depending upon the, the load in which you're bearing, it gets stuck. So maybe you've got to shake it a little bit. You've got to pull up and shake the truck. I don't know. However you've got to do this. But it takes time to get that something broke loose. But when you get it broke loose, then it starts to come out. What happens too often, though, is when we enter into prayer, this time, we enter into this time and we get to a point that we feel stuck. We still feel that there's burden here. We still feel that there's things that we're praying about. We don't know what to pray, though. The words just aren't coming out. That's when, a lot of time, empty words come in. We start doing the rub-a-dub-dubs and just try to force it out. Those are times where, how about you just stop? You don't say amen yet, because you know that there's still a load in there. But I need to, 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 I need to figure out how to shake this out. I need to figure out how to, how to get this moving. And, and, and I love, I can't remember the exact passage. It's in Romans chapter 8. That it says that um, uh, in our weaknesses, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in our weaknesses. Sometimes that weakness is when we're praying and we know that there's, there's a big rock that's in our, bed, our dump bed that we can't move and we need help to move it and we don't know the words to use to move it. So we, the best thing to do there, and, and those, I, I believe, and I'm just speaking from my heart at this point, is to just shut up and just be silent. Maybe it's like, God, I don't, I don't know what to say. God, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. What, what, whatever it may be. But let the Spirit work. Don't rush through and say, well, I've got to get back to, to, to my dinner. I've got to get back. My favorite show is starting. i got to... Well, well, what's going to happen then is then you're going to be driving down the road and you're like, man, I still got this burden, this load on the back. I can't understand why I can't do 80 mile an hour. I'm only doing 20 mile an hour. It's because you're still loaded down. If when you enter into prayer, if you're not going to dump the load, and I apologize if this is a terrible illustration for you, but this is just what comes to mind. If you can't dump that load so that you can uh, live free until the next time you need to dump the load... Well, then there's a problem in prayer. There's something that's going on that you're not, you're not really grasping, or, or maybe you want to grasp. Maybe you want to, I, I want to pray. I want to get rid of this, 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 this burden. I want to, as it says in First Peter, to cast my anxieties upon him because he cares. I want to do that, but I just don't know what to say. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything, but stay in prayer intentionally stay in prayer and then and it's happened to me more times than not there, there there's there's a breakthrough it's kind of like when you're snaking the drain and or remember the story i told you about plunging the drain and, and you're plunging the drain and you're getting nasty and all of a sudden it goes and it all breakthrough happens it's not on the words in which you said. It's not on the special formula. If I, if, you know, maybe if I kneel or if I lay prostrate, if I you know, stand up, if I look up, none of that really matters. Ooh, I get a little lightheaded there. Uh, none, none of that really matters if your motivation isn't right. If you're not coming to, to, to the Father and saying, okay, I'm just wanna, I just want to lay everything out here. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what that looks like. But I don't want to just say a whole bunch of empty words. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want my motivations to be wrong. What, what, what I want to do, God, is I just I want, I want you. How about that? Let's start with that. 
Let's start prayer with, I want you. I, I, I wrote a question down here, and, and maybe this will help guide a little bit of the closing conversation. Why do we not pray like we should? Why do we not pray like we should? Because I, I, I really think, and maybe I'm just naive and gullible, but I, I really think you, that, that, that you want to pray. I really think that, 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 that you want to spend that time with the Father. I really think that, that, that you want to have a, a, a spiritual, and I'm going to use the word high because I don't know how else to, to term that, but this, this understanding of, of an intimacy with God that when life throws poo at you, that it doesn't stick. You want that. But you're like, wow, you know, I don't pray like I should. Well, as I was you know, working through this, and, and um, Kurt and I have been, been working on this and praying about this a lot, two things come comes to mind here when, to answer this question. And, and these, these may be things that you're like, well, duh. Okay, well, fine. Two things come to mind when, when we pray, or we don't pray like we should. And, and I'll say this, it, it's primarily because we lose sight of God. We lose sight of God. And it's most specifically or, or, or poignantly, it's we lose sight of who God is, right? So if we lose sight of God and we want to pray, I, I've broken this into two, 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 two categories, I guess, or two things. We lose sight of God's glory and we lose sight of God's gospel. If we lose sight of God's glory and God's gospel, no wonder why we don't pray like we should. But if we lose sight of one or the other, we're still not going to pray like we should. What do you, what do you mean? Well, we talked, this has been months ago, about reclaiming the majesty of God, right? Looking to, to, to God for who He is. He is high and lifted up. I, I love in Isaiah that, that it talks about he, his, the train of His robe fills the temple. He's big, right? He is transcendent. He is above all. He is sovereign. Like, like, like Kurt said earlier, He's sovereign over all. He's in control, right? So when we look to His glory, we're looking to that. If we don't look to, to, to God's glory, well, no wonder you're not going to bring things to Him in prayer. Because if you don't look to God's glory, it would, be like, it would be akin to the reason why you don't take your taxes to a five-year-old. Well, he just can't do it, or he doesn't really care. He's not interested in it. If we don't look to God's glory, obviously we're not going to, to, to go to Him in prayer. But let me... Let me, let me expound a little bit more because it's not just God's glory. Now let's look at this. God's gospel. What's the gospel? It's the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. Sin is real. Sin separates us from the Father. Living in sin is just you're living in a constant separation from the Father. But I, I know who, I, I believe in God. Fine, you're believing in God, but you're living in sin. You don't want to come close to that in which you believe in. That's it's all it is. Anybody in here, everybody, you have sin in your life that we, we have to repent of. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday, and it, it really broke my heart because um, dude went here a, a long time ago and, and whatever, and I was talking to him, and uh, his marriage is, is falling apart, and it all, it all comes down to he's been a part of, of, of many churches. He kind of helps out churches and whatever. But through, that, through the time he's been in too many churches, it doesn't preach about sin. And that's crept into his, his, his marriage. And there were sinful things going on. And he's not, he, like he said, he wasn't innocent of this. He, he has his own. But there were, well, sin wasn't being addressed in the church in which he was in. And it just caused a fracture between him and his wife. Now, that's on an on a earthly 
horizontal level. But what if our sin, if we continue in that sin, we have to understand that that causes that fracture between our Heavenly Father. We, we have to address sin. That, that's something that, that we as elders have, have talked about in, for, for this coming year. Um, we want to lovingly address sin in our church, and it's probably going to get uncomfortable. Because there is, there is sin that has to be addressed. And it's not because I want to sit up here and I'll point out, hey, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that. No. I want to see, as, as Kurt said, that we've seen progress when we start out with prayer in the year. I want to see intimacy with God. We all, as a group of elders, we want to see intimacy with God in our church. We can't think that intimacy with God is going to happen when sin is happening as well. Doesn't mean that everything we're we're not going to be able to rid sin of of, of the, the the church. If so, the only there is one way. Y'all don't come back, <laughs> right? Right? We'll just shut it down. We'll shut it down, and, and we'll, we'll hey, there's no sin in that church. There's no church there. It's just a building, right? That's the only way. But what we have to do is we have to be willing to to deal with the sin that's in our lives. And not so we can be self-righteous and be the hypocrites here and I'm practicing righteousness. I don't sin like Jake sins. And it's not that. It's so that we can have better and more intimacy. And I know for some dudes in here, like, I'm I ain't gonna be intimate with anybody but my wife. And she's lucky if I do that. Right? No, get over yourself. You we want to have intimacy with God. I, I, I want that for, for, for you all. And I know that deep down you have that desire, like, I want to please God. Well, that's being in closer relationship with Him. That's not just saying, I believe in God. There, there's going to be a sermon coming up here pretty soon, um, I think, because I, I, as, as Jake was preaching uh, last week, I was thinking about that there's, there's, this weird, there's this weird thing in the Christian church. And it's like belief in God and love, love of God are two separate things, and that's okay. Because there's a lot of people who believe in God. But if you were to get down to the nitty-gritty of lives, how many people love God? Because when you love someone, it's different. When you say, I believe in Jesus, but you go on living like this, Yes, you may believe in Him, but where's your love? Where's your love for Him? And that goes back to that intimacy. How can I be intimate with the Father if I'm not coming in and spending time with Him? How can I, again, bad illustration, example, but how can I love my dad that's sitting right here if I never talk to him? If I never call him, I never write to him, I never do anything. Well, he's my dad, I'm his son, he has to love me and I have to love him. What is that? I hate that, like, well, you, they're family, you've got to love them. You don't have to. Love is something that you choose to do. And if, if I'm going to love my, my father and I'm going to show him that, that I love him, and he's going to show me that he loves me, we've got to spend some time together. No different than the Father in heaven. And the, one, the primary way in which we spend time with Him, primary, not the only, but the primary way in which we spend time with Him is in prayer. Prayer. Understanding that he, he wants to hear what we have to say. He, he wants us to bring our needs to Him. It says that He knows what we need. 
So we're not going to pray something. This is a crazy thing. People are like, well, I can't tell or ask God about that, or I can't tell God that I did this. There's nothing that you're going to say that he's going to be sitting on the throne and go, holy crap, I didn't see that coming. You did what? You're not going to catch him off guard. The, whatever the sin is that's in our life that we need to repent of, and remember, quick refresher, repenting of means turning away from the sin and turning to God. So if I'm in sin, and I'm living in sin, and I'm doing sinful things here, repenting is, all right, I'm identifying this is sinful. And I'm turning away from it, and I'm turning to God. Can I, do, can I do, go this way and this way at the same time? Not unless you're that little Incredibles baby, right? Who's seen the new Incredibles? I just did a spoiler alert for those of you who haven't, where you can multiply or whatever. That's the only, if, if I were cloned, how cool would that be? So you, prayer was just answered already. See? It, that would be the only way that I could go towards sin and towards God. You, when you live in sin, lifestyle, whatever it may be, when you're living in sin, when you're okay with that sin, you're not in fellowship with God. It's not good. I, I'm not saying this like I'm, I'm not going to be the big Baptist preacher. Boom, 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 boom. Turn or burn. No. I want what you want. I want intimacy with the Father. I want you to have intimacy with the Father. I want my wife to have in intimacy with the Father because when my wife has intimacy with the Father, when I have intimacy with the Father, our relationship is stronger than it's ever been. When we talk about the good news, we have to understand that the gospel, yes, it's for sinful humanity, but we have to understand that sin fractured all of creation. And that the good news, the gospel takes and it reconciles us to one another as well. Not only are we reconciled to God, but we're reconciled to one another. So family issues, marriage issues, friendship issues, whatever it may be. In Ephesians 1, it says we know what the will of God is, and the will of God is to unite all things in Christ. If my wife is turning away from sin and heading to the Father, if I am turning away from sin and heading to the Father, ooh, I, I, come here, Shannon. Come on, come on. Everybody will love you for this. Come on, come up here. She hates this. This is awesome. I'm going to have to deal with it later. So, let's go over here. Let's go this way. If we turn our face, and we're looking at the Father, and we put sin behind us, we can do this. We can walk together. We can walk together towards the Father. All right, there. You're welcome. That was one of her biggest fears. Oh! That's all right. But, but understand, understand, it, 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 what, whatever the obstacle is, whatever it may be that we're facing in our lives, yes, I am the one, I am drunk the Kool-Aid that the gospel is the answer. Why? Because the gospel is about Jesus Christ who gave everything. He comes out of heaven and he dies on a cross so, to, so that we can be united with God. He, he closes and covers this gap in which we can't cover. 
And when we can be on folk, and we can focus on what he has done and we have accepted him. You talk about love. There's a difference between love and believe. When you believe, truly believe, in what Christ has accomplished by his death for you, if it doesn't produce love, I will, I, I will say you don't understand the belief. You might have knowledge. But there's no, there's no belief in that which leads to trust. How can I turn my back? So because this sin is so comfortable to me, because this a relationship or um, an action, it's comfortable. When I get stressed, I go here. This is comfortable for me. How can I, how, how can I take my eyes off of something? And how can I get out of my comfort zone? It's because of the gospel that we can even do this. Yeah, but I know how to deal with this. I don't know what's going to be over there. You're right. But what lies over here is an intimacy that supersedes anything that you can do over there. But that's something we have to like, get through our heads. It's something that is, as we pray, as we spend time with the Father, as we understand that we have to identify sin, and closing remark, Identify your sin, not the sin of your spouse, not the sin of your, your, your friend, not the sin of your family, not the sin. That, that's not your job. Are we to hold each other accountable? Yes. There's a way to do that, though. But what happens is everybody wants to point out everybody else's sin. And I think that there was a guy who talked about this, about a speck in somebody's eye when there's a log sticking out of your own eye. Identify your sin and repent of it and turn to the Father. And I love this. It says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Tur turn there real quick, because this would be it. First John. Oh, I think it's chapter 5, right? No. Chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 9, yes. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that you want to live a life that's pleasing to God. You want to keep your eyes on Him. You want to look at Him in His glory and His gospel because when we look at His glory and His gospel, then we can come to Him confidently in prayer. If we only look at His, at his glory, we're going to shy away. If we only look at his gospel, we're going to think that I can put God in my pocket and just use him when I want. But if we look at his glory and his gospel, we're going to see, yes, he is above all. Yes, he is transcendent. But he has come down because he loves us. And it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, purge us from all unrighteousness. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for 2019. That we are cleansed, we are pure, so that we can live in intimate relationship with the Father, so that we can get underneath that, you've heard me say, the faucet. I think God wants to bless us, but He's not going to bless us when we're disobedient. Let's pray. Our Father God, um, we thank You. Uh, God, as my, 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 my brother comes up here and is going to continue to lead us in prayer, um, God, I ask that, that, that we can uh, just, we can just be real. God, we talked about a lot of different things, and, and, and it, it involved prayer, and, but 
as, as, as we were talking about it it, it, it seemed like it's an examination of the heart. And I know you say out of, out of the mouth it comes the overflow of the heart. So God, let us examine our hearts. Not so we can feel guilt, but so that we can feel conviction. And as we're convicted of sin that's in our life, that we can repent of that so we can get closer and closer and closer to you. God, I, I thank you for these people. I thank you for um, the, 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 the opportunity to, to lead these people. And God, it's not always the easiest thing. But this is what you've called me to do, and, and, and I want to help communicate the, that, I, that they can, we can, live in a, in, a, in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. But it takes, it takes training. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. And uh, as we end, God, I ask that uh, you just continue to stir us up. Uh, just let us, let us either re regain focus um, or, God, let us get focused. So, God, it's my prayer that uh, we make you the center of all.